Time out on us. Yeah. No, no energy saver mode in that bad boy. No, <laughs> Screw the energy savings. It's that lithium ion battery, Steve. Let's keep it oh, going. Wow. It's going to keep us so going. Replace it. Probably till episode 200. Who knows? It's good. Uh, if you guys wonder what the hell we're talking about, we're talking about our new movie schmovie timer that we just set up. Uh, it's, it's, everyone can, everyone's got a clear shot at it. You can mm-hmm. glance over there. You can see how long we've gone. You guys, courtesy of Taylor Electronics. You guys have no idea by way of Target. Yeah, but yeah, they didn't give it to us. John purchased it. So. Yeah, right, right. So it really you, was Taylor. Courtesy. If you're listening, you yeah. can send us some more. We can put yeah. them all over the room. So that's what we did. We thought we'd plan something special for episode 100, and that's what we thought we'd do: is we'd start using a timer. Yeah. So I hope everybody enjoys that. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, timer more or less the end. Less than of a minute. It. That's I love like it. that's like the emotional climax of the yeah. episode. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. But yes, guys, episode 100. One zero a movie movie, we finally get to use that that first yeah. digit. Oh, right, it's other than a zero now. That's crazy. When we made it, trips. It's trips, our schmentennial. Trips digits. Schmentennial. Yeah, it's pretty big stuff. A lot of crazy stuff talked about. Some good, some better, some yeah. not so good. Yeah. Um, but fun throughout, I think, and I hope yeah. you guys have all enjoyed it. And, Hopefully, uh, you're not listening to this without having listened to all the other episodes in order. Because that would I hope be... you have some free time because yeah, there's yeah. a lot of episodes. There's a, lot, a yeah. shit ton. You really got to catch up. Um, but yeah, so it's it's good to be at 100. I don't know. We talk about it all the time. And I know that even when Ronald and I first started this, it was like, if we can get to 100, we intentionally were like, let's have a three digit thing. Yeah. So that we always have that goal of, of changing <laughs> that fucking zero into a one. Yep. And John came on board and it's just been cruise control since. And, it just... and you guys took me aside and you said, do you think. This podcast has what it takes to make to get, it to get to 100. To 100. And Keep, I said, yeah. well, let's take this day by day, guys. <laughs> Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. Yeah. And then this happened. Yep. So we kind of decided we're going to do like kind of a, not a normal like uh, feature review or anything, or not even like a, maybe sort of a listy kind of show. Yeah. But uh, I, we always give our opinions, you know, or if you listen to this podcast more than just this episode, you know, kind of what we like and don't like as individuals or as a group. But uh, John has suggested doing an episode where we kind of talk about genres, films, uh, I don't know, take it as you will, but anything in terms of cinematic experiences that we are a sucker for. Mm-hmm. You know, something that um, you get soft on, that, that might just be what pulls you into a movie that you otherwise would really have no interest in seeing from that filmmaker or who's in it or when it came out or, or what a critic might say. Right. This is like a time capsule episode. Yeah, yeah. Full of hopes and dreams. That's if you ever, insane. if you ever find yourself on a Friday night saying, "What would John Walker, what 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 would he be a sucker for right now?" You could always come back to episode one hundred. That's right. And I'm sure that one of, if not more of these things, might be on something like Netflix mm-hmm. right. or or iTunes or or I don't know. What we're saying is, we're, we're winners. We have good choice. We have good taste. We have good choice. We have good choice. This is like an Amazon review for somebody from <laughs> yeah. Russia. We have good choice. Yeah. I love how your Russian accent sounds like slightly. I like Borat. Yeah. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> it's a, that's actually one of Ronald's uh, sucker spots. Is uh, he's a yeah. sucker for Russians with uh, Kazakhstanian Bor- 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 uh, accents or whatever that country uh, was that he was from. That was I that didn't even close. try to make it Russian. I don't even know. So, <laughs> My wife. So what did you uh, did you take it as a positive thing, a negative thing, when you thought about things you were a sucker for? Did you think like these yeah. are things that I love, or did you think these are things that sort of get past my uh, my more critical nature? Well, I, I think that one one thing that I forget a lot of the times is that before I, I my standard uh, of quality began, there was <laughs> there was a a period where I watched a bunch of. A consistent a consistent level of of cheesiness and that's what i thought about like i, I can't forget the things that made me happy when i was a kid and they sure. still make me happy like fart jokes and uh cartoons with really good messages and good character development and that stuff rings true even with terrible movies yeah. like you can still watch a movie that's viewed as terrible and see and and I think that people don't realize that some of that stuff is intentional, which is kind of one of my choices. So, oh, you want to 
Yeah, oh, sure. And my, mine is intentional cheese. Like, I think that, like, people don't realize, like, some of that stuff is very intentional. Like, Black Dynamite, like, made, like, a black exploitation movie. Very cheesy on purpose. Or, yeah. like, Bad Milo or Milo. Was Milo. it Milo or Milo? Bad Milo, yeah. I like that movie a lot. And, and uh, it's, you know, it's it's not made to be an Oscar winner. It's it's made to be kind of a a weird, timeless movie that you can watch with a bunch of people. You know, I kind of like that stuff. I like the intentional cheese. I I, I like. I liked believe- uh, uh, John dies at the end was one John that I enjoyed that end. way that so I thought like it was, yeah it, yeah. Was, it had its like movies. cheesy elements, but yeah. it was aware of them, and it wasn't like it wasn't trying to be ironic necessarily, but mm-hmm. it definitely was aware that it was not a big budget movie, but it didn't stop it from having ideas and, yeah. and right. going for it. Where do you draw? I mean, I'm curious because I kind of was thinking about this a little bit with when I was thinking of mine or my three is. Where do you draw the line? Because I would say I agree. Like, I, I like I like I like the intentional cheese. Where do you? I guess like wh- what do you think about like spoofs? Some spoofs can be okay, but like, that's not in that category. No, you, right? no, okay. no, not yeah. at all. Um, but it can be. It can like I kind of liked. I mean, it was a terrible movie, but movie forty three. Like one of one of the shorts, like the superhero one, mm-hmm. was. Could have been a YouTube sensation if it got put out as a standalone as a thing. thing yeah. But yeah, it's like the the intentional cheese spoofs can be terrible though. Like that that's why I, that's why I draw the line when I when I see that. Like I don't know if I can really I can't align myself with <laughs> that level of cra- cheesing. It, it gets to the point where it's like unbearable. Well, it's right. also extremely lazy most of the time. Those, oh yeah, those yeah, types yeah, yeah. Of spoofs. I mean, yeah. there's that entire there was the. The Zucker Abram Zucker factory that was actually sort of they invented that genre in a yeah. way that yeah. kind of with the like the airplane films and and Top Secret uh, and and uh, Naked, Naked Gun. Naked, Naked Guns were great. Those there was something about those that was like so carefully made and those gags were so I don't know there was something about that that felt yeah. kind of timeless in a way and I I knew people all my life that thought those movies were too silly too but there still is something if you like those movies you know there's something kind of special about them but all those movies that have come out since then all the scary movies and all the not another this and not another that like it's just i mean that you might find yourself laughing at something i remember thinking chris elliott was funny in scary movie too but that's because he's doing funny character work the spoof elements were never really the thing that would would appeal to you i mean how do you feel about pootie tang pootie tang was great pootie tang was great is that one of these films I, I think so. I think him? I appreciated I appreciated it way more as I got older. Like I think that I watched it later and I was like, oh, okay, this is what I kind of didn't get it at first. Or mm-hmm. Zoolander. Yeah. Zoolander is a perfect example. I walked out of the theater the first time that I watched it. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. Like right. I was like, this is fucking awful. But then once you get it, once you get why it's it's it is the way it's it's parroting this thing rather than being like. Mm-hmm. I got to be it. a part of it. Yeah, trying to be it. I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. So that's it's, it's a cheesiness, intentional cheese. That's one. That's my thing. That should be a Netflix uh, category. Yeah, that it really should. Be. That really should. I, I feel be. like we should we should look this up after this episode and be like, how many of our, you know, whatever we call them. Yeah. Because did you guys read that article about how Netflix like aggregates all of the genres it suggests to its customers? Mm-mm. Like, there's over like I think hundreds of thousands of different categories that uh, you might see when you log in versus John I versus noticed myself. That. I noticed oh, okay. that. Like how different. randomly they're like called, like. Uh, westerns from the 70s starring you know an indian girl i don't, I don't yeah. know like you know it's yeah. just like the way they, they it's so granular but it'd be funny to see if there are actually categories <laughs> yeah. for what we call our intentional cheese intentional. i bet there is yeah. i i, I, I there would is, bet yeah. money on it uh the first one i have is actually um kind of sort of encompasses a lot of my favorite films of ever really of ever <laughs> times um, um and that's basically just the coming of age movie uh, the coming of age story which you know i'm not going to spend too much time on this one specifically because i always i feel like positively review a lot of these films recently like spectacular now being in my top 10 but it's it's really interesting to me because you know when i really got into watching movies you know i i was born in 81 and like watching them through middle and high school is really i really got into watching film and would you say you came of age i would that say era? that would be what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah you, you read my mind there john uh but do you guys want to go see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> um, the answer is doom, always yes. Doom, 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 doom. There you go. I love the air yeah. out a little bit. Yeah. But but what I'm saying is like 
when I first started watching movies, that I found that that was a lot of what I was watching. And then not only I, you know, obviously I was going through that kind of thing my own self, but it's just experiencing that even through high school, college, as an adult, you know, now into my 30s, I still just react and relate to anything about that. You know, just seeing somebody who's different or seeing somebody who's unaware and that experience. And that goes for, like, you know, any of the John Hughes, uh, like Cameron Crowe, Howard Deutsch, like, and even now, like in the past two years, I've, I'm, I'm, I love that I can say that. I love that you can say Howard Deutsch. Thanks. Someone's, <laughs> someone's mentioning the works of Howard Deutsch. I, 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 love I think that. most people think that John Hughes directed all of them, and no, you know, yeah. two of the biggest ones were actually directed yeah, by Howard Deutsch. Yeah, and Pretty I, in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah, which Some Kind of Wonderful, is yeah, like my unsung hero. Mm-hmm. But, but I was gonna say in the last two years there have been. Uh, pleasant surprises of movies that they're still making good movies like that you know mm. there also are a ton of horrible ones and this is where this falls into me i sadly still watch those mm-hmm. and um thankfully there are still very good ones you know like spectacular now and uh two years ago which was actually one that surprised me i really had no interest in no awareness of it only because i it categorized this way for me i think when i saw it, like on indb but it was the perks of being a wallflower which a i thought movie. was incredible i mean that movie like it really moved me. And I think it's really because I'm aware of how I react to these movies emotionally and mentally. And it just, um, I almost seek out that, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird want to be reminded of what that experience looks and feels like. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a universal thing. I think, you know, everybody has, I hope everybody has kind of experienced that at some point in life. You can even be nostalgic for the way that, the way that you've seen things in movies in a weird sort of Absolutely. way. I mean, as strange as that is to no, say. Dude, but... I'm all about the nostalgia, and that's like, I'm a sucker for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I am way too nostalgic, and it's probably my own fault that I continually watch these movies. I just prolong that problem. But, um, yeah, I just love these movies, like, where you, you know, like, specifically, just keep talking about Spectacular now, um, you know, never needing a reason for why these two characters are together, you know, kind of seeing what what they have independ- independently going on and just seeing what what brought them together and how they kind of go through it and, you know, kind of just uh, move on to the next level in their life. It's just like a really cool experience and, I don't know, kind of always seek those kinds of movies out. Yeah, I, I can remember one time, and I may have mentioned this before on, on Movie Schmovie, but I remember one time sitting in a hotel, like I was traveling with Nikki she was my wife was at a conference and I was just at the hotel waiting for her to come back and mm. some Mandy Moore movie came on and I think it's one where she has cancer or Walk something to remember. Walk to Remember yeah. I, I don't remember what it was like there's a scene where she's like either looking there's like a scene where you're looking out on a backyard and it's like it takes place I guess in the south and you can hear the the, the insects like kind of the hissing insects yeah. of summertime and there's just a shot of the backyard and I remember getting like emotionally overcome by this weird crushing nostalgia at this moment and I, I don't know if a walk to remember is a good movie or a bad movie yeah. i don't know if mandy moore is a good actress or a bad actress yeah. i really yeah exactly <laughs> but that moment that yeah, weird yeah, yeah. feeling that just made me think of all these summers that i had when i was a kid either out by the lake or out at someone's house where that was like near the woods and oh, you just yeah. have that kind of it just hit me and it's yeah it's exactly that kind of uh you, you, you know it's you know better and it still gets in under the wire yeah absolutely well, that is something I think uh, we were talking about the different ways to interpret this this idea of being a sucker for something. And I think for me, one of the things I want, uh, you know, rather than necessarily something that kind of against my better nature, I thought more about something that I kind of look for in movies and that I sort of am always hoping to find. And mm-hmm. I realized that one of my things is comic relief. Uh, okay. And I realized this especially recently. It became a topic on the front of my mind recently when two movies that came out in 2013 were movies where I was quickly saying my favorite thing about the movie was blank and other people were saying their least favorite thing about that movie was blank and um and i don't remember the name of the other guy something worm gorman or something but the it's charlie uh, day and uh is, is that the character's charlie name day, or yeah. the actor's name That's i always forget name. yeah charlie day and then burn gorman or burm gorman whatever the other guy <laughs> the wacky scientists in pacific rim i thought they were great when i watched the movie and i've talked to so many people who hated that part of the movie and thought it was lame and the same thing happened with Olaf the Snowman and Frozen. I was like, that song is the best part of the movie. And then I was shocked to find that there were other people that were like, I was horrified by that disgusting-looking snowman <laughs> and his annoying antics. And it just made me think, okay, I don't think that I'm wrong necessarily, though you know, it, oh, watching a movie with a five-year-old is a good way to sort of warm up to the sillier elements oh, of it. But 
I still sort of realized, well, how many times has that been a through line? And I realized that I do look for that in movies. And, you know, the reason some of my favorite movies from my childhood were some of my favorites is because they were funny. I mean, like Indiana Jones, oh, those yeah. movies are funny. Absolutely. You know, there's great, there's a, that's a great script with great laugh lines in it, you know, yeah. the Raiders in particular. And, uh, and then I thought about how there were comedies that I went to go see that I really wanted to be good. And I remember like wanting other people to, to think they were good too and, and realizing that it wasn't... I remember particularly City Slickers too. Not a good movie, but I was so starved for something to see and there yeah. were three or four parts that made me laugh and I saw it by myself and I, I went and made my girlfriend go. The same girlfriend who uh, disabused me of Hook being any good. <laughs> and she was, you know, irritated with me and, and like, you know, had to disabuse me of the notion that City Slickers 2 was any good and I was sitting there watching it with someone and it felt very much like when I was watching Pacific Rim for the second time and I wasn't in a dark crowded theater and I was sitting there at home and I was like well these comic relief characters are kind of shrill maybe I still think they're funny and they're kind of what the movie needs but I can see why someone would say I don't need that energy and and to me it's just something that I I you know I think I look for it in life I mean it's obvious I think everyone in this room is you know we're, we're, we're not talking into microphones because we 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 think we're boring people we probably try to lighten the mood a lot and we're always kind of quote unquote cutting up you know so I feel like that has been part of my personality ever since i was a kid this notion of like well it doesn't matter what's going on you can always kind of lighten the mood or get people's <laughs> minds off the bullshit yeah. you know it, it will probably always be that that first time i'm watching a movie i'm kind of like going okay come on you know where are the jokes where are the jokes someone <laughs> make me laugh and i'll be sitting there secretly thinking like this movie doesn't have the deep emotional resonance of uh yeah. the search for curly's gold <laughs> <laughs> i i like that stuff i like yeah. i just remember when i was a kid just no matter what would happen, a fart would always make us laugh. <laughs> like, the worst things Still. would happen. Like, oh, man, Still, yeah. so your aunt died. And then you'd be like, oh, man, I... <laughs> Mood instantly lightened. Instantly lightened. Man, it was, it's something... Yeah, it's it's always been something that I embrace. And, mm-hmm. I, and I love... I love laughing. It's it's a, it's a imperative part of my life. Like, it's... So I need it. And especially when you watch a movie that that's like heavy, it's nice to have a, a, like something happen every once in a while. Well, I think that that's more like life, and I do, but yeah, I, but but definitely. it is, but it is also sometimes you can understand why someone wants to maintain a tone. But I think with comedy, and I mean, I think two of my favorite genres are comedy and horror, mm. and I think part of the reason I like them is because you can tell if they're working or not. Yeah. If, oh, you're, yeah. if you're not laughing and you don't think it's funny, then the comedy's not working. And if you're not scared, then the horror's not working. And I guess I sort of like the way filmmakers approach that challenge of, we all know what you're sitting down, what you're hoping for when you sit down at this movie is mm-hmm. you want to jump a few times. And yep. if I don't do this, I'm failing. And the yeah. same with a comedy. And I think sometimes the problem is when you can stretch and see them trying for yeah. laughs. And I think that's what I'm saying about some of these characters that you might, you know, it might be just a matter of taste whether you want slapstick in the middle of your giant robots versus giant uh, monsters. Movie. I think the cool thing about it that I mean, I w- I would probably identify with it too, only because it, it feels more dynamic to me. Yeah, it kind of offsets it a little bit. Like even if something, I mean, I think it gives the movie an opportunity to just kind of air out. You know, like if a, even if it is like not saying that it would be appropriate in like one of the Batman films, but like you know more like Pacific Rim, like it it shows like somebody can actually. Uh, like laugh about this, you know, like yeah. in, in that moment, like these those characters that you reference, like they're kind of just silly guys to begin with, mm-hmm. and I think that just kind of gives an air of natural, you know. There's got to be a guy in every group that's gonna be like that. I feel like in in life, yeah, you know. So it's kind of cool to see that pop up in films, and and when it works, it's great, absolutely. I think that's why I liked American Hustle when I like the Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. just because it felt like. Uh, it, it and by the a, way, I'm sorry. It's Burn Gorman. Burn Gorman. Burn Gorman. Uh, Not Worm Gorman. <laughs> sorry, Burn. It's a Worm. Worm Gorman. That's got to be a nickname or something. Yeah, I like it. I was about to say, look at him. Someone's called him. <laughs> Call him a Worm. But yeah, I liked American Hustle because it, it kind of pulled you in both directions. The fact that I, I think that's what's kind of interesting about life. Like you have these really, really deadly serious moments that could turn into laughter and vice versa. Yeah. And, and if you can weave through that in a way that feels like realistic, I can, I can, I can get behind it. Yeah. And I think that's American hustle made me feel really sad. And then it made me feel really happy just because these people were kind of navigating through the world. Watching it the second time, Ronald, I especially felt like 
this is a funny movie. Like there yeah, were so many funny. things that were funny. Really and hearing other people knowing every time a Jennifer Lawrence scene would come up and kind of remembering what scene it was, it was great to see those reactions that, you know, purely uh, uh, as though it were a comedy. I mean, I think that might be one of the ways that movie is the most successful is as as a as a comedy. And yeah. which is, you know, David O. Russell's always had a, a a knack for that, but sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I think you're right, Steve. You just want that extra. It's part of it is that extra flavor. And it's yeah. like if it tilts too far that way, or if it's just not calibrated right, it can be incredibly annoying to have someone kind of forcing those Force moments. It, yeah. But. Yeah, it can be kind of a kind of a drag. Um, oh, it's my. <laughs> <laughs> um, my next one is quirkiness. Oh God, I have a. I fall for it every time. Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> The the like David O. Russell movies, uh, I Heart Huckabees is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I, I like weird stuff, and I think that like it reminds me of it reminds me of how it was to be a, a kid and realizing how different you were in a lot of ways than other people. Like in 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 also realizing that it wasn't a terrible thing. I want to jump in, Ronald, because I just want to say that, like, does it not bother you that Quirk has kind of been co-opted by a bunch of, like, mediocre filmmakers? And yeah. now there's, like, a, there's, like, a, a, there's, there are people who just shut down. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not lumping our Steve in with them. But there are people who, like, lu- like see a, a Wes Anderson movie on the horizon, and they say, fuck this movie, partially because of the Quirk <laughs> yeah. that's, been, that's been spread out. Everything yeah. after, like, every time, ever since uh, Little Miss Sunshine, there have been these, these cute indie films. And some of them have yeah. been good, and some of them haven't. But I think that there's this sort of secret little yeah. subgenre of quirk comedies yeah. that pops up around them that, like, sometimes it's good. And sometimes, like, the person's got quirk because they've, like, someone like Noah Baumbach, his movies are kind of quirky. Yeah. But he's got, like, a soul and kind of a damaged quality to his movies. Yeah. Other people might be copying that Wes Anderson thing or that that quality. You know what I'm talking yeah, about, though. Yeah. Like, what, does it bother you that quirk has kind of become it, a it genre? Does. It bothers me. And it also bothers me, like, the whole adorkable thing, like... I think that Zoe Deschanel is very good at what she does, but like it, it became one of those things where like well, she's like the perfect example yeah. of like how quirk can curdle into something a yeah. little bit more. But annoying. what it's done <laughs> is it's made a lot of these like a, a lot of like mediocre personalities go. Well, you know, ooh, I'm quirky, and yeah. I think that I I put my sentences really. Yeah, it's like the, that thing that people try to do intentionally. Yeah. Where you meet people that were social pariahs growing up because they just were themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's. You want to go back to those days when they were social pariahs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, shut the fuck up, Zoe. I don't want to hear what you have to say. But I love Zoe Deschanel. But like, I do too. But she, she, <laughs> but shut the fuck up, Zoe. But I mean, like but, her iPhone the, commercial where she's like asking her phone if it's raining outside and stuff, and like yeah. she's talking about, you know, like the, it, it's so cute and. It's like yeah. it, it does it does turn sour into something it's else. One of those things. Uh, one of the movies that I think is like quirky that I really love. I think it's me and you and everyone we know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man! Like that is the epitome of quirkiness. Like that's well, Miranda like, July. Oh, her, all of her whew, movies hit that zone her, yeah. of being like they're kind of arty, but they're also yeah. sort of quirky. And, and if you really pay attention, it's a meticulous thing. Like it's like every little element. Every little word, everything is is very intentional. Mm-hmm. And if you watch some movies, like it, that's not the focus. But I think that it's like an art piece almost. Like every movie isn't meant to be kind of uh, broken down to every element. And I think that it makes people feel weird when they see a movie that has so much energy put to not only the visuals but the wording and the the costumes. And every movie doesn't have that. Some people just have jeans on and leather jackets, but Wes Anderson movie would have a very specific type of leather jacket with yeah. trim on it that was very interesting. And, and with a sleeve that's like half an inch too short or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's the attention to detail. I think that's a really good point because I do think that I'm in awe of that level of detail and that level of planning, but I can see why people think of it as kind of claustrophobic or suffocating, that everything's been kind of meticulously oh, laid yeah. out. But, you know, it's, it's still, if you're a sucker for it, you're a sucker well, for I'm it. I'm a sucker for it, man. Yeah. So that's mine. <laughs> Can you think of one where you where the quirk was like where it, it was too much for you before we move on from that topic? I, you know. Um. Hmm. 
Like one where you thought, oh, I guess, no. I guess if we could, I guess if we could classify. I just got a quirk stomach ache. The movie, if we could classify the movies, if I were to pick out a bad version of that, I'd say that it was the movie that you guys didn't like, Charlie Swan. I was going to just say that. It's, 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 it's the things that I love, but also <laughs> the things that I hate. It's like that thing where like. It, it I run into it all the time. So like somebody will hear a joke. It's that like somebody I t- took all the ingredients for a good cake and they yeah. put it in the oven, and then a giraffe came out of the oven. Okay, you know? yeah, and it, it, stuff like that happens to me a all dirty the time. Giraffe. So like somebody will hear, somebody will see my sense of humor, and they'll say, "All right, I got one for you." <laughs> the the girl got killed, and put in a ditch, <laughs> and that's the joke. They're like, you missed, and I'm like, you missed. I don't know what happened between you and I talking, but you missed whatever humor I have. <laughs> yeah. And you you thought that that's Sir, what, you have miscalculated. <laughs> you mis- it happens all the time, but that's... It's like, also, yeah, like you made a joke, you left out, you, you heard other people making edgy jokes. <laughs> yeah. And then you made a joke that was all edge and left out all the edge. joke part. No humor. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what happens with like movies like Charlie Swan. Like you take, you take the elements that you think are corky and then you just shit on them and make them weird yeah. and and almost too much so i get why you didn't like it yeah. i mean i i get it i liked it but i like some parts of it so all right uh, my next one i'm gonna kind of stay on the nostalgia train a little bit yeah uh but i'm gonna kind of go off on a little fork if you will <laughs> and i'm gonna go with uh i'm a sucker for movies about reunions mm. um <clears throat> Again, it all kind of sort of comes back to like that high school period. But what I like about these reunion movies <clears throat> is just seeing where people are in life. And when they get back into a moment, how quickly they change or uh, act different. And, you know, I feel like some of them are pretty funny. But like movies like, not not the original one, but like the like American Pie, like the reunion one. Or was the it called American one. Reunion? American Reunion, yeah. Which was good. I yeah, I, I thought it was actually it's a really clunker good. of a title though, you know. American, yeah, <laughs> like that's like they're really married to that American yeah. thing. Yeah, um, most of them most of them are comedies, obviously. But I mean, movies like uh, you're saying some of the American series are not comedies. No, no, no the other ones I'm saying that I'm thinking of like the now. one that takes place at band camp is actually a serious yeah, drama. That's a very serious. It's a yeah. erotic thriller. Erotic thriller. <laughs> um, like Romy and Michelle and uh, Gross Point Blank, you know Romy things, and things that like use a reunion to frame out a bigger picture. Yeah, and I think it's fun because like you know you get to bring in a lot of different characters that hit on all the different clicks and 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 uh, whatever the other word I can't think of right now is like the the personas that certain people are. Yeah, or the world's were. end. Did yeah, that. exactly. The big like, chill that same did kind that. Of thing. Um, big chill. Yeah, that'd be the non-comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the world's end's a great example. But it's also even for movies that like no one saw. Like last year or the year before, the film Ten Years came out with. Yeah, I remember um, you talked about that. Um, Channing, actually, a really huge cast like Channing Tatum, Oscar Isaacs, um, Rosario Dawson, just a, a reunion movie. Dawson. You know, like people come together, unresolved shit, and it's awkward. It's funny. It's a lot of you know. There's usually a lot of heart to it as well. Mm-hmm. Even with movies like Gross Point Blank, you know, and the, the cool thing about a lot of these movies that I love is that there's usually a killer soundtrack. Because yeah. this, with the reunion usually comes great music from that time. And Gross Point Blank is a great example. Even the American Pie films, um, Romy Michelle. I mean, any of those movies, I think that's kind of like a little side dessert that you get when you have a reunion movie is that you usually get a really nice taste of uh, like a time capsule of, of that music that was, that was popular in that time. Yeah, whoever's making it has an era in mind that they're kind of celebrating. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And you can tell that somebody had a blast organizing that soundtrack usually one of my also rands for things i'm a sucker for was getting the gang back together in a sequel okay like how there are many bad sequels where the first 15 minutes are the best part where you see where everybody ended up ghostbusters 2 i'm not gonna say is like a movie that i would extol the virtues of but it was never more interesting than it was for the first 15 minutes when you were just curious to see like what happened to everybody and are they how are they going to get back together that's a a nice little tie-in yeah you hear about clerks the next clerks yeah I can't wait for that. See, I can wait. You yeah, can wait? I, I can't wait. Anything Kevin Smith oriented, you know, like I can Kevin wait. Smith? Ah, I just never have. Didn't he retire? He did, he's didn't he? Like, not. Yeah. Well, he just announced that he feels like he's the only one that can tell certain oh. movies, like certain oh. tales. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, he kind of said it like he kind of said it like there are certain movies that only he would make. He he said it in a more humble way than that. But yeah, it's still anything he does. Yeah, once you do the whole an evening with like if I if you ever had a thing where you're like doing an evening with Ronald James and people are spending like seventy dollars to go see you in in like a theater, (laughs) you know, an amphitheater or something. Talk about vibrators. Yeah, I would probably I would I would lose the tiniest ounce of respect for you if you did that too. I just feel like there's something kind of ostentatious about it, but the guy clearly has, he's a genius at cultivating a, an, a really loyal audience, yeah. you know, and clearly, you know, he does get movies made. So I'm sitting here as a guy who has made zero feature films. Good so dialogue. Gonna... I feel like he always has good dialogue in his movies. I don't know. I get, I get it though. I like reading. Especially Cop Out. <laughs> That's oh, a gem. Uh, one more that I didn't say was, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ted Demi's Beautiful Girls. Mm-hmm. No, no, I love that movie, and that's another kind of great, awkward reunion kind of. I don't know. You you actually did say pretty like when you talk about the reun like the sequels when you get the gang together. I mean that's kind of what it breaks down to, is like you know it's the gang coming back. You know it's, it's a reunion. I I frame it around reunions is what I usually hear. Oh, this is a reunion, yeah. high school reunion, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it usually is enough to get me drawn in. But beautiful girls. If you haven't seen that, I think you should definitely yeah, check, check it out. out. It's pretty good. Um, Matt Matt Dillon and I love Matt Dillon. Timothy Hutton. He Natalie has one of the Portman. scariest voices yeah, I've ever yeah, heard yeah. in my life. Who? Matt, Matt Dillon. D- Matt Dillon. Oh, really? It's a weird voice. Can you do me. an impression? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about him in Crash. Hey, he's got that kind <laughs> of like, that, that. yeah. <laughs> like he's struggling. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. Yeah. He has a very amazing voice. So does his brother. Yeah. So reunions. That's that's my number two. Or number next. My next one is, is is more specific. It's less about a genre and a type of scene or a type of movie. Okay. And it's much more about a specific series of films. Oh, okay. That I would say <laughs> I'm a sucker for. Okay. To sort of despite my better nature, as I keep using that phrase, because that is kind of what yeah, this yeah. is about, is like, That's you should know better, but you don't know better. And th- I, I, I really debated whether I should, you know, give this movie series any further, any further you know, time on this podcast or any other movie discussion, because it's definitely one that comes up a lot. But I thought about it, and I, and I really came down to the idea that, okay, if you go see a movie and you don't like it, uh-huh. right, and then you obsess about how that movie could have been better, and then you wait three years for another movie, and then you go see that, and you don't really think that's a very good movie either. Mm-hmm. And then you obsess for the next three years about how, well, maybe the next one will be better, and then you go see that one. Mm-hmm. All of these on opening night, and some of these movies twice in the theater. Okay. Then you you are a sucker for something called Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> and as, especially if you can still have hope that they're making another one. And I'm st- I, I I I could talk about if you were to go, if you guys were to say John, let's just talk about Star Wars thirty minutes every we week. I could probably talk about what they ought to do, what they will do, what they shouldn't do. I feel like I've got a lot writing on Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the truth is there have been six movies, and mm. three of them were great, and the other three were not. Yeah. And but I still have a I still have a, a Blu-ray box set of of. Three movies I don't like, and three versions of three movies I like that I don't like this version. Original, you know, because yeah. it's the special editions and everything. It's sure. just amazing. It hit me at the right age. It's like a drug. I see my son being exposed to it. Now I'm very careful. I I, I make sure that he's into the appropriate, the appropriate trilogy, the yes. appropriate characters. But he still has the, you know, he still, to him, it's still kind of interesting. There's one where Anakin was a little boy, and I, we just don't talk about that much. They say as of 2015, there's likely going to be a new Star Wars movie, probably every year into perpetuity. Well, you know, will will this addiction, this problem that I have, guys, will this be? Will I look foolish in 2015? I don't think so. So part of me really gives into it and says this is kind of the myth I was brought up with. But when I realize that literally half of the films in this series are bad, and yet I still carry the torch for this series I, I i have to put it on my list of things that i'm a i'm a sucker for that's a good one bring it i'm, I'm there with you that's a good one i'm okay with that yeah thank uh, you guys i welcome. feel so validated good good this i've never felt more like i was in a support group than over the last few minutes you guys were like nodding <laughs> you, you, you guys can't see this out you're in listener land you're in a safe but, spot but ronald and steve were reaching out and like, <laughs> they weren't touching me but they were ready they were ready to hug if i needed it that hand was there yeah um my pick my pick is uh, something that uh, it's it's a, it's a term that people throw out for. It's not even like a genre of movie, but we throw this word out for movies that have limited exposure, that have not too much distribution. 
um, indie movies. Now, Netflix has brought about this kind of like golden age where a lot of those movies that I couldn't get my friends to see just because I couldn't obtain them. Um, could not obtain them. I could not, not that I couldn't find them. I could, <laughs> so not, I could not get my hands could not, could not, on them, my, around them, my grubby hands on them. Um, it's it's kind of cool to see that there's. I've a, been meaning to say you should do something about those hands. Right? <laughs> they are kind of grubby. They're grubby. grubby. What 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 characteristics do you have to have to have grubby hands? You have to have grubs crawling around <laughs> on your hands. You have Jack. To, you know what I picture is like dirt. Like wet dirt, kind of caked around your hands. Like you just stuck them, like you were gardening, and you just stuck them in the dirt and came up, and you've got like worms crawling all over your hands. Yeah, I imagine like, like dirt cake, like you know, yeah. the dirt cake. You yeah. come out with like the little gummy worms on it, but yeah. real. <laughs> it just kind of pulsating too. Yeah. Oh, that's gross. I surprised now that we've established that you have grubby. There's hands. something we haven't talked about. We've done almost 100 episodes, and mm-hmm. we we've no, you know, we have done 100. Well, now we've done 100. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it just happened. We just did 100. <laughs> Woo! We've we've done a hundred episodes and uh, and we've never mentioned before that Ronald has dirt cake hands that have worms crawling <laughs> around on grubby. Them. That's right. That's really weird. They look like it was really awkward when I started to like suck on your one finger that one day. I was like really hungry. Like, that looked like dirt cake. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> what is, sounded like a that was gross. That was gross. That was gross. Hey guys. And puberty is tough. <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, there's there's something uh, really nice. I fucking feel t- dirty saying this. That Netflix has given an opportunity, given some <laughs> some light for these movies that oh that did God. not get heavy duty distribution. And uh, okay, so indie movies uh, are limited for a couple reasons. Almost always because it's an unconventional sort of script that people aren't banking on. Uh, one 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 of the reasons I do I tend to lean towards uh, indie films. Uh, the, the kind of a unconditional pacing to it, um, the s- smaller cast, the lesser known actors, I really love that, odd characters, um, unre- unrealistically honest dialogue. I've thought something like that. I don't know if I've necessarily said something like that or experienced something like that mm-hmm. exactly, but it's cool stuff. And that and I think there's there's space, always space in my heart for indie films. Because I, I feel like, all of us can feel like in this room and anybody listening, like you're kind of like the little engine that could when it comes to whatever it is that you do and to to have it kind of seen by somebody mm-hmm. in a way that's more organic than it just being thrown at you through a commercial is a is a cool fucking thing. When you're, when you're talking, you can say like, I saw Transformers, I saw this, but have you seen 500 Days of Summer or... Eternal Sunshine, or I Heart Huckabees, or I don't know, Fruitvale Station, or something like that. I mean, which was backed. So a lot of those were backed by like bigger companies, but it's very limited release. To talk about those those movies, you have a different conversation than you would with some of the popcorn films, and that's why I like indie films. Well, you, and, you do sort of become like an evangelist for, when you see one of those yeah. movies, and you haven't heard a lot of hype for it. You 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 want to spread the word? You're sure. walking you're walking billboard yeah. for it. So I I think there's something kind of amazing about that. And even in the Netflix world, there still can be those films that are kind of like in the cracks that you mention to somebody. They see it, they're like, that changed my fucking life. Yeah. And that's that's kind of why I love the fact that Netflix exists in a way because that there is there's room, man. There's it it still feels like it's starting to feel like. I'm glad that there's it took almost... 100 episodes for me to hear that, John. What? I'm... <laughs> Ronald say that he's glad that Netflix. I'm glad that Netflix. You know, I didn't even notice it. I was actually, I was, so, <laughs> I was so caught up in what he was saying. I didn't think about the major turning point. How in, can you miss this? In there's the plot almost, line. there's almost too many films on there now, so things can almost be like. See, that. now I need to do a super edit of your comments about Netflix <laughs> yeah, from the beginning <laughs> till now. Me slandering right, it. Right now, I have Ronald. the progression. Yeah, of Ronald. Shitty girl. This whole my whole my whole purpose of this podcast, <laughs> yeah. the hidden agenda, was to get you to the point of saying that. I was like, oh, okay, Netflix is not bad. It'd be great if it was actually one day at when you know when we used to work together at the unnamed uh, computer store, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys started this. That Steve actually started this as a long con just to get you to overturn your position on Netflix, and now Steve's done, and Steve's like, see I'm you, out, suckers. Yeah. I, I kind of see it. <laughs> There's so many movies at this point on Netflix that it kind of feels like a video store. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of at a point now where like somebody has to tell you about a movie now for you to find it. And and I like that it's like that. I like that you have to search a little bit for a film. And since people 
are going to get movies this way, and there's nothing I can do about it. I can't blow Netflix up the way I want to. Fuck it. Like, well, I think one of the great things, like what, what you're getting at is they feel like a find. It feels like a find. You know what I mean? And I think that's something... Um, not not that it was an indie film, but I you know I, I think it'll relate back when we were talking about like blockbuster and like the old you know yeah. the, the video stores, you'd always find like a random movie that like never went into a theater you know but somebody may have told you about or the guy at the counter rec- recommended because you liked movie X Y Z and it was like that same kind of feeling sometimes like some of these indie films if a friend of mine was like oh I saw it when it was in one theater in my town because I live in a major city but it's coming to Netflix or it's coming to whatever you know. Yeah. whatever digital service that you have and access to. But it is really cool that either you find it yourself or you find it through word of mouth. There's yeah. like a really organic word of mouth going on with yeah. indie film, quote unquote, yeah. in general. And I mean, I think it's kind of like, I think a lot of those films sometimes are made with that in mind too, you know, yeah. in terms of what their budgets are or what they, what they, what their end game plan is in terms of distribution. Some movies obviously they make and they probably don't have an idea of how great it could be in terms of what, how far they get these films. Like, you know, there's these sleeper hits that just go berserk like Juno and Napoleon Dynamite. Like, these movies that were, like, huge, huge hits. And they're the exception in most cases. But in this world that we live in now, like Netflix and other things, um, these movies, like, find success there. And I think it's really cool to, like, to to be the person. There's, like, a really exciting piece of, like, oh, man, there's, like, this really cool documentary or there's... No one saw it, but I did. And I'm telling everybody about it. There's a really kind of Almost like a selfish like ownership over something to be like, oh, dude, you got to check this movie out. Well, there is a little bit of a. I mean, it's you know, even though I, I think a lot of uh, a lot of bad vibes get thrown at hipsters, and I don't really know if hipsters exist, but that's sort of a, a quote unquote hipster thing is to like want to be the person to say you probably haven't oh, yeah. heard of this. But there is something kind of fun about. I mean, I remember, you know, we've talked about seeing Blair Witch Project when it was sort of a new like if you'd been reading the festival reports you knew that it existed but when it hit you know it played at the art house theater here in baltimore and so you really felt like you were in on something i remember as it kind of cascaded across the land after that i felt like i was really i was really ahead of the curve yeah and every now and then we talked about that with seeing films at the maryland film festival too or any film festival that you go to you you might catch a movie that a year from now is going to be taking audiences by storm in a theater but you you kind of there's a brief period where you sort of feel like yeah i think the one thing about that that the thing that makes that lame to be a hipster is when you is when you um is when you don't like the thing as much as you did before. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's when it's lame. It's fine to feel proud that you've discovered something, but it sucks to be like that was my favorite band until yeah. until everybody started liking <laughs> yeah. it. So. Yeah. Uh my next one is very simple, very direct and cheesy in most cases. Um, but it's any movie that usually has to do with aliens or extraterrestrial creatures. Okay. And especially if there's like a camp factor to it. Mm-hmm. I'm all about it. <laughs> Last year, there was two films that came out, and I think they actually may both be on Netflix. Grabbers and Storage 24. One's an Irish film. One's, I think, just a British. I don't know where it came from, but um, just reminded me of how much fun I have with those movies. Yeah. And some are, are funny. Some are more serious, like recently, like Dark Skies or Cloverfield. Um, but I just have a blast. I have always been interested in aliens, and it's like a, it's like a personal interest of mine. And, you know, TV shows like The X-Files pretty much define my middle and high school existence um, in terms of watching TV. But anytime a movie comes out like that, even if it's like a a campy as all hell, stupid, fun Mm -hmm. movie like Critters, I remember from when I was younger in the 80s. What about The Watch? Even, I mean, I saw that mainly because of that. I mean, like, that's the only, I wasn't really into seeing... I didn't think it looked very funny, but I was like, I'm kind of curious what they do with it. Curious to see because it clearly was doing the genre straight. Exactly. It was, you know, exactly. there was going to be a real alien in it. It wasn't yeah. going to be in their heads or something like that. Yeah, right. and uh, yeah, or even like even more like serious, like supposedly, like based on true things. You know, like the fire in the sky. Um, it, I will always see movies like that. I don't, so, so I don't, do you do in real life? Do absolutely. you believe you? So, There's no reason not to. I mean, okay. I, not do you believe in alien life, but do you believe uh, sorry. the people that say they've been abducted and probed and that sort of stuff? Uh, that's a better. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Because I believe it's got to be out there, yeah, but I don't know. There's no that... doubt in my mind that there's something out there. The thing otherwise is completely ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know about like the abductions. I think mm. some of them that if you really look into them um, and and read what's out there, it, it's really 
it, it, I guess it makes me question it. I'm at least to the point that I'm questioning that it could be real. I'm not debunking everything I see, but like, like it's, I think it's fire and a light. And that's like one of the more prominent like accounts of something. And you read that stuff and it's just like, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that happened, you know, it, yeah. it really kind of makes me question it. Um, and there's actually a film coming out this year. I think that's getting distribution. I think it's called almost human. Um, is that not a show? It probably is a show. I think that's the show with the uh, the robot cop that's on Fox now. <laughs> yeah. The J.J. Abrams show. I think that's called Almost Human. That is called Almost Human, but I'm also talking oh, about awesome. the okay. film called there Almost is an, Human. Okay. Yeah, it, it's supposed to be coming out now. It's like, it's basically about a guy that disappears and comes back and it's, it's this not This poster him, cover you know? is The poster is epic. Look at this, epic. John. Okay, look, yeah. It screams look, 80s, yeah. look 80s, yeah. 80s creature Zoom feature. It. It, it, it's an awesome trailer, but... That's an example of a movie. It's, I don't know. It's it's probably not great. It probably is fun as all hell though. It looks fun. Well, my uh, final choice is something I'm a sucker for. This is actually something that I think that nowadays you you see it more often on television. But it is something that I can think of a specific instance of it in a film that really worked and that really resonates. And then it, it kind of got adapted into. I mean, it, definitely in television you see it on all the all the great shows they do this. It's the I've I've chosen to call it the tapestry of humanity montage where you have like a a a, a pretty song or a meaningful song playing and then you just kind of cut to all the characters. We talked about mm. this a couple episodes ago, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, we talked about I, I brought something up like with uh what was I talking about? Like Friday Night Lights, like that kind of music like showing Wait, wasn't that what we were talking I don't know. About? I, what I remember talking about and cuz I was relating it to this the the needle drops like American Hustle is full of those where you where you play a cool old song and you right. play cool footage of people. I feel like this is a cousin of that. This the, okay. the the tapestry of humanity montage is the thing where there might be a character you haven't seen for a while and then you cut back to him in the montage and you see even if it's the end of the movie sometimes or or again more likely the end of a season of a TV show that yeah, seems yeah, yeah, to be yeah. when television shows do it is at the end gotcha. of the season they'll go around and they'll cut to all the characters while a song plays that sort of captures the mood of what everybody went yeah. through. You know what does it every episode? Sons of Anarchy. Well, I was about to say, it's gotten to the point where it's kind of overused, really. Yeah. And it kind of gets to the point where it's almost like a shorthand. But yeah. when it, when it's done well, like there's an episode of Buffy, I remember that at the end, it showed everybody. And there's this quick cut to Xander. It's like Christmas Eve, or oh. it's like the night that it's snowing. Yes. And he's by himself in his backyard. And you know he's got like a troubled home life. And he wasn't in that episode much. But there's a shot of him like looking up at the fact that it's snowing in Sunnydale. But he's like in a sleeping bag in his backyard with like a flashlight and a comic book. Mm-hmm. And it was this great little character moment that made you go, aw, poor Xander. But the, the episode wasn't slowing down to show you, oh, and then someone came and hung out with him. It was more like Xander's <laughs> off by himself. Yeah. And I think that the movie that really did it that I was referring to before uh, in a very unique way was in Magnolia, the, the Wise Up montage oh, with everybody yeah. singing the Amy Mann song and that can be a very polarizing scene some people liked that some people didn't but what I loved was that it captured all the characters at a point in their trajectory where they're all sort of feeling the same thing and in that kind of you know uh, multi-plot sort of which most television shows have a lot of plot lines going and movies mm. like that have a lot of plot lines going where when you do sort of say, all right, now we're going to show you everybody at this moment feels kind of sad, or everybody's experiencing a loss, or even the characters that are villainous have a have a vulnerability to them. I think mm-hmm. those those sort of montages always get to me, and I think pr- primarily because, as you were mentioning about Sons of Anarchy, the fact that they can be overused, yeah. the fact that they still work on me, yep. even nine times out of ten, I'm still like moved by it and i want to go download the song and i want to go like stop and look out at the sunset and think about scenes from my own life you know (laughs) while i listen to it like lost used to do that they would have these great reunion montages where characters that hadn't seen each other for a while would get back together and you would see everyone's expression to see how everyone felt about it you know like i don't know i love that checking in with all the characters yeah and also kind of showing there is something kind of humanistic and kind of uplifting about saying everybody's connected you know yeah i like that stuff I was thinking about The Wire in the last episode. Well, they the did Wire. it at the end of every yeah. season, every too, season and really like, well. Ugh. And they were doing things like Loved story it. beats getting revealed in the montage. Like, right up to the last minute of The Wire, there were things, yeah. characters' fates that sure. you were figuring out because of what happens in the montage. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's so good, it just made us quiet. I know, it quieted us down a little bit. No, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, I think it just broad, even broader. Like, I think a lot of you montages... Think broads? I'm thinking of broads, uh, even broader. Like I feel like I feel like maybe that's something I, I miss. Like montages, I'm usually like kind of a sucker for montages, especially with good music. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I I was thinking a different direction you were going. Like I was thinking of like the uh like the kind of the kind of music that like Friday Night Lights the series had. Or mm-hmm. like if you've seen the like the new Lone Survivor film in the beginning of that film, that opening scene like with that kind of music. Like mm-hmm. montages with that music just like oh man, just like it gives me goosebumps half time. Yeah. Mm. But cuz there is a human it's a, such a human connection and like it does you you see where people are at the same time. Like that snapshot of time, it's just like kind of like a it's kind of like a cool way to think about things. And on a show, yeah, like frequently on a television show, it's there to show you this person's up, this person's down, this person's yeah. up. You know, this villain's winning, this villain got their just desserts, whatever. But yeah, in a movie, more often it's used to kind of show the passage of time, yeah. and it won't often give you as much of a survey. But usually, a two-hour movie doesn't have as much going on as a as a season of a TV show. Definitely. Or it'd be strange if it did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do a lot, yeah, in yeah. two hours. Well, good good stuff, guys. Well, we did a lot in an hour. Yeah. So if you want to know what to watch and you think that you'd like to base your <laughs> selection off of things that we like, yeah. mm-hmm. this is a pretty good uh, episode to come back to, I think. Episode 100. We made it, guys. Fuck, man. It feels we crazy. It. We made it. Th- there are probably others of these I could think of, so if we make it to 200, we'll, we'll do this come again. Come back to oh, yeah. yeah. Find we out will. what we're sucking we'll for. One thing, it's, it's too silly to even mention as a major topic, but I did want to say I love it when someone looks nice at the beginning of the movie and they look all fucked up at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, you see them go through it and sometimes you get to see them, like, finish the adventure and then take a shower and then they've got, like, band-aids and stuff. But I love it when the guy's got, like, a nice shirt on and then you see that shirt get stained and ripped to shit over the course of the yeah. movie. Like that, the, that white jacket and drive. Yeah. Woo! Or, like, everything Bruce Campbell wears yeah. in, in Evil Dead <laughs> film. Dead. Or Indiana Jones's shirt in Temple of Doom, which mm-hmm. is just, like, tatters at the end, you know. I love that. Good continuity right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you can hit us up at movieshmovie.net. You can email us at movieshmovie at gmail.com. Always looking for show ideas. Um, As you can see from yeah. this episode. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's kind of cool to not always focus on just doing a feature review because, like you said, John, it's like it's not a timed thing. You could always come back and listen to it and just kind of listen along and pick your own list or pick I your own I encourage topic. someone to sit back and have like a nostalgic experience with this episode at some point. Like yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. from now, remember where you were the first time you heard this episode. We should, in wow. 20 years from now, we should have a little montage go on yeah. with the music showing us where we are, who's up, mm-hmm. who's down. Then we'll reunite. Yep. Oh, See what I'm doing right here, guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we will be intentionally cheesy yes. <laughs> about this night. <laughs> and I can be Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. That goes without saying, John. Oh, sure. I thought right. we already had that established. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening for 100 episodes. If, if you have listened for 100 episodes, thank you. Yes. Uh, everybody else, just thanks for finding this one. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you'll listen to the next and the next after that. Can I say something? Yeah. No. Rob. Okay. Rob, congratulations on the pregnancy of your wife, Mary. Because I hear that you listen to this podcast all the time. Okay, congrats. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, as always, what's that? <laughs> I said, yeah, congrats. congrats. Yeah, 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 you can chop that up. Uh, well, guys, as That's always. That's our new sign-off. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Click. <laughs> Over. Keep the You're music. welcome. Yeah. As always, you've made our day. Thanks for listening. Bye.